And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Kenny Cody. Always a great time talking to Kenny. Uh, we talked about Joe Biden's trip to Ukraine today. Uh, we talked about the government shooting $500,000 missiles at $12 hobby balloons. Um, and a bunch more. I think you guys will enjoy it. Guys, before I get to Candy, if you haven't already, uh, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Kenny Cody. guys we're here with my brother kenny cody kenny how you been man i'm been good brady been good just got reelected on a saturday to my third term as the republican party chairman for Cock county so in a good mood gonna play some basketball here down the stretch and help coach my local high school team and watch the world burn around us in the democratic party <laughs> so all, all things are good just living the dream my friend living the dream that's, that's exactly right how are you man I'm good, dude. I'm just getting ready for my first child to be born here in the next couple of weeks. So Congratulations. Coming, uh, coming I'm, down you're more if, stressed out than I am. <laughs> if I have to just randomly bail mid-podcast, that's why. So uh, <laughs> just for everybody listening at home, you know, you, you never anything subject to cancellation at, the, at this point, these next few <laughs> weeks. But um, Understandable. Man, I'll tell you, I uh, wasn't planning on waking up to this, but uh, the President of the United States is in Kiev this morning. Um, promising more money, more weapons, saying the U.S. is in it for the long haul in Ukraine. Um, Biden still has not mentioned the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, um, Mm -hmm. an American town essentially wiped out. I mean, 5,000 people's lives upended. Um, The president doesn't care about that, but we're going to keep printing money for one of the most corrupt governments on earth. Yeah, and and that's— Says everything I need to know about the Joe Biden presidency. I, mean, I, I think he knows that East Palestine and, and Ohio cannot, uh, you know, line his pockets or line his family's pockets or his administration's pockets with money that they have invested in the military-industrial complex and their promotion of war. Um, you know, it's, it's just one. It's one of the saddest developments. I, I think at a, at a point where. A large majority of the American public are aware that they don't want to send, you know, weapons blindly to Ukraine and, you know, writing checks, blank checks to send them whatever they need, you know, blindly. Um, You know, when when we're the number one funder of the Ukrainian war and giving Ukraine funds and the second leading funder is Estonia, that tells me a lot about how much this president – it, you know, wants us to be a war, a war you know, a war country again. Um, you know, wants wants to be a, a wartime president. You know, we, we've we've talked about it before. You know, during war, wartime presidents are popular, and I really think in my heart that Joe Biden wants war so he can get he can get reelected in twenty twenty four. Like I, I I firmly believe that this man wants war and wants military's li- military lives to be costed and try – because when, when if you go back through American history or the history of our foreign policy over the last 60 to 70 years, is there any war 
besides maybe the, the, the Cold War, and I don't even know if, if it would sustain an argument that we have funded any other war in any other country where we do not eventually put boots, boots on the ground when we are getting in, in, intertwined and interfering with a war. There, there isn't one that, you, that anybody can name. We have a bare minimum put boots on the ground, you know, tried to amp up the population on our bases in other countries and trying to get involved in their wars and, and costing American lives whenever we decide to fund a war. And that's where this is going. If something doesn't happen, if the Republicans doesn't, don't step up and say stop, if we do not try and oppose and, and if Biden does not realize how dangerous this is going to be, we're going to, we're going to end up in yet another war and this one could be very costly. Yeah. And, and there are already American boots on the ground. Um, yes. You know, wh- whether it be, uh, you know, enlisted military members or, or government contractors, but I mean the Ukrainians, I mean, they're used to, you know, 1970s Soviet era weapon systems. They don't know how to use, you know, tanks. They don't know how to use our, our long range missile system. So there are, at the very least, contractors on the ground in, you know, on the battlefield helping right. Ukrainians you know, use these American weapons. So um, don't let anybody tell you that that we don't have boots on the ground. That's 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 not true at all. But it's like sure. watching, you know, just contrasting the, the what what the president's saying this morning in Kiev to the, the lack of attention paid to to this disaster in Ohio. It's like and I'm, I'm not letting the Republicans off the hook. We're going to get them. We're going to get to Mitch McConnell and the Republicans here in a minute. But. Um, this regime and the Biden regime, I, I am, I'm not necessarily surprised by anything anymore. At least I, I I try not to be, (laughs) but, um, it's like when, when they behave like this, you you almost have to respect their arrogance. Like these Mm -hmm. people hate us and they don't care who knows it. They don't care who knows it. They're, they're, they're braggadocious about their hatred of the American people. I mean, Biden goes to Ukraine right after telling Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, to F off what he called for federal aid for East Palestine. I mean, yep. like Democrats, they love flexing their muscles for the cameras, man. Like the governor of Ohio calls for FEMA aid and Biden says, nope, I hope you all die. Yep. I mean, that, and, and by the way, side note, they did end up sending some aid due to the backlash. But the message was clear. The message was, we hate you. I I do have a feeling that if this train derailment happened in a blue state, it would have been handled much differently by the feds. Um, But, you know, who knows? Um, But but that's that's who these people are, man. They're bold. They're vindictive. And they have absolutely no shame. (laughs) And, Brady, I'll be quite honest with you, as as evil this is going to sound, I wish we were more like them. I wish the Republican Party was a lot more like Democrats, not in the same way to be cruel to the American people, but in their uh, brashness and their 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 mean streak and opposing Republicans. I really wish the Republican Party would adapt that mindset because I don't think I don't want the Republicans to get, get you know get control of the, of the executive office and then deny funds to you know California or a blue state if a disaster disaster happens there. That's not what I'm saying, but I wish we would get a mean streak because they hate us. I mean they 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 hate. Red staters, they hate Republicans, they hate libertarians, they hate independents. They want they want the, those party line, progressive, you know, people who are loyal to the Democratic Party. And yeah. I, I wish the Republican Party had more of a spine in trying to just be honest about what they believe in. You know, not not trying to appeal to the sort of not trying to appeal to Democrats. To be quite honest with you, I think the Republicans oftentimes appeal too much to those who are never going to help them. Who that if we were lying dead in the street, they wouldn't come and help us. And I, I think the Republicans try to do that far too often. 
Um, you know, like, like you said at the beginning, you know, trying to, you know, we're, we're going to get to those Republicans later in terms of Ukrainian aid. You know, Mitch McConnell calling it the most important issue in the world right now. I mean, we have that, that purge in our own party. But, you know, the difference is that the Democrats are all aligned in their yeah. Ukrainian beliefs at the at probably bare minimum. At least in the voter populace, it is probably over, probably 60, 40, maybe 70, 30 in anti Ukraine, and probably in the House of Representatives, it's probably about the same, probably about the same percentage, only it's flipped. I, I still think probably 60% of Republicans, unfortunately, in the House and the Senate probably believe in Ukrainian aid at this point. I hope that number slowly decreases as we be, have a lack of audits and a lack of knowing where the money's going. Um, but I think that. I, w- I wish that we were more aligned on a lot of issues. Like I, I wish we were as loyal as Democrats are. I wish we were as party oriented as Democrats are. I hate to say I wish we were more partisan, but on a lot of things I wish we were. You know, I was I was telling my friend the other day, you know, 538 has a tracking service of senators voting in line with the president. And if you look at the four terms right. or the four four year terms of, of each, go through and look at the age of Biden and the age of Trump. They, we had, I think, seven Republicans, maybe even I think maybe even 13 that have voted uh, over 50 percent of the time. They voted in line with Biden and his agenda. And do you know how many how many Democrats voted 50 percent or more in line with with Trump when he was in office? I want you to just guess. I think zero. Yeah, zero. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I think Joe Manchin and Christina Sinema were the absolute closest. And I think they were like in the 20s and 30s. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. It is, yeah. It's yeah. overwhelming. The, the media will say, oh, they're the moderate, moderate Democrat Joe Manchin. It's like, you know, he'll vote with Republicans like once or twice a year. It's right. like five percent of the time or less. I mean, it's like it's it's I mean, that is the. That's a luxury that Democrats have that Republicans will never have because Republicans do occasionally think for themselves. I mean, sure. Republicans are, you know, collectivists as well in a lot of bad ways. And you, you saw some of it with the Trump stuff. But like at the end of the day, it's tough to get Republicans to vote for somebody. It's tough yes. I mean, because it's like, you know, Republicans will draw a line in the sand. And hey, if you cross this, I'm not going to vote for you. That just does not exist. On no. the left. I mean, they are proud collectivists. They will literally literally vote blue no matter who. It doesn't matter if the person's a murderer or a rapist or anything. I don't think there's anything that can keep a Democrat voter from voting Democrat. And you see, you know, it's you see in Ohio, Sherrod Brown, he tries to any every six years when he's up for reelection, he tries to campaign as a moderate here in Ohio. But right. I mean, he, vote, he votes with the party something like ninety eight and a half percent of the time. I mean, it's like his his voting record is indistinguishable from Bernie Sanders. And like you see with Bernie Sanders, too, it's like the the DNC screws him over, you know, just torpedoes his campaign to help out Hillary Clinton. And he just like stands up there like the good Democrat he is and, and you know, praises the Clintons and everything and, and tells right. you to, to vote blue. So it's like they, they just have that luxury that Republicans don't have. And like I, I totally agree with you that I wish. Republicans had more of a mean streak, but I don't even know if a mean streak is the best way to put it. It's just like if Republicans were one tenth as serious as exactly. It's like I don't need you to be. No, I don't want you withholding aid to like poor, starving people breathing in chemicals. But how about just like realize what time it is and be serious, be an adult like the Democrats are adults. They told Mike DeWine that he they they hope his constituents die because they're Republicans. Okay, like right. that, I'm not saying I want to do that in reverse, but these are serious people living in serious times, and Republican right. leadership is not serious about anything. I mean, it's no. like it's like the the kind of clownish people in office, and then there's like just like the uniparty, war party people in office, and it's just like 
man, we, we, we're living in serious times. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> <You're>, well, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and that, that's one thing. Like I remember during the whole house speaker battle, I, I, and I'm not sure if we've talked about this on your podcast before. Probably, probably have. But I enjoyed the house speaker battle because that was finally a example of Republicans being serious. Like right. I know people thought it was a show, and I know people were like. Gates and Bobert and all these, you know, that then the new guy Eli Crane are being foolish and they're being, you know, theatrical. I'm like, no, they're not. They literally conducted the most serious changing of the House rules and House funding in the history of the House of Representatives in order for their leader, their party guy, to be the head and the House Speaker of the House of Representatives. Like they bucked against their own party and actually got some changes. And now McCarthy has surprisingly been a good, a very good house speaker within for, for the first two months, like in yeah. my opinion. I mean, I mean, the things he's doing, you know, re- releasing the January 6th footage, being, you know, asking for an audit of Ukrainian aid. Yeah. I mean, he's been very good so far. And yeah. I think a lot of that is because we're actually, for, for once, we had about 40 people who said, look, we're tired of this just aligning with the Democrats on everything that we do. You know, there's no difference in the uniparty at this point. So can we finally have a House speaker that is going to act like a Republican when he is the head guy? And so far, I really believe because of those 40 people standing up and ended up being six of them standing up and saying, we're not going to do this and we're not going to award you for something we don't think you deserve. He's actually ended up being one of the better House speakers of the last few years. So – I just think that I wish we would hold our own more accountable and and and, may, and almost force the party to be more serious, like what we were talking about with the Democrats earlier, because they've been serious for 20 years, and we've been so divided in ways that we're willing to conduct ourselves that for some reason we don't we don't want to change anything. I mean, yeah. I admit, you know, when we're ha- having our minority leader in the Senate saying Ukraine is the most important issue in the world right now, we still need change, and I, and I, and, and my problem is. Is when we, we want to challenge that change. People are called, you know, you we need to well, we need to primary them because they're not voting for Kevin McCarthy and they're not aligning with the whole uniparty, you know, the, the whole uniparty idea. I'm like, dude, he had they actually changed. Something. Think about this for a minute. Something actually happened in the House of Representatives. Like that's a that's an amazing feat. Like yeah. the fact that we have changed, you know, the club for gross influence. The Congressional Leadership Fund influence. We cut the defense spending by $75 million. I mean, come on. Like the actual change. It's good to see actual policy decisions happening within the House of Representatives while controlled by Republicans instead of us all infighting and getting nothing done, period, when it comes to the House floor votes. And I'm so – I'm glad we have these contrarians in a way because I want the contrarians to be the majority eventually because when we have a serious party – headed by people who are actually taking spending foreign policy and the intertwining and the kind of the execution of the uniparty, you know, as the heads and the leaders of the party, that's going to end up being a good thing because that's who controls the Democrat party right now. The progressives have actually taken over the Democrat party. And like you said, Joe Biden and all these moderates who, who are distinguished as being these bipartisan shills are now like, okay, we'll just do whatever the progressives want us to do, I guess. And then the progressives, when they, they I actually thought they were going to be uni-war, you know, anti-war, they're like, okay, I guess we'll vote for Ukraine aid because that's what the party wants us to do. Like AOC and, and all that squad bunch and the House of Representatives, like they rolled over for Ukrainian aid because they are one party. They are a uniparty against the, as long as it's anti-Republican, they don't care. And we need to be more like that. Yeah, it almost seems like 
the the squad the AOCs of the world the the squad it's like it's it, you know everybody makes fun of them because they're a bunch of clowns and all that and and that's that's fine we ha- there's a little bit of that on the right too you know but uh it, it's like it's easy to look at like AOC or these these kind of clownish Democrats and like mm-hmm. kind of be lulled in this false sense of security that like the Democratic Party is as unserious as the Republicans because it's like yeah of course like AOC is not a serious person like Joe Biden has dementia no. he's not a serious person but the people actually running the show like people running these school boards for instance they're like no 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 really we are serious we will convince your son to chop his penis off because if yep. we do that we just made a Democrat voter for life. That's how Correct. serious these people do. That is, they're like, we will destroy your child's future and hide it from you. It's like that is serious. Like these these people mean business, man. Like there isn't. Like, these people are are wicked and they know what they're doing and they're serious. And like I, I we do have to talk about the Republican side of this war, this Ukraine war stuff too, because. You yep. can't let these clowns off the hook. And Mitch McConnell said on Friday in an interview that uh, on Fox News that his number one priority, that the United States' number one priority is helping Ukraine beat Russia. It's like, dude, you're a senator from Kentucky. Food is unaffordable. Congress, you, you clowns have already put the nation underwater to the tune of over $32 trillion. And your top yep. priority is funding another foreign proxy war. And then yep. Mitch McConnell went on in that same interview and said, oh, you know, there's a few isolationists out there, but ignore them. Well, thank God that's not true because that was true in 2005, but it's not anymore. And right. you know, it does suck that we have lost the Democrats. There are no anti-war Democrats anymore. They just love nope. power, and like, like we just mentioned, they're all collectivists. They don't question authority. So when a liberals in the White House, they'll literally support any war. Like I, I, I mean, but honestly, I, honestly, I think Biden could say that he's invading Italy, and liberals would go for it at this yep. point. I mean, there's just no. Like, all those, like, you know, anti-Bush, anti-war Democrats, they're long, long gone. Um, But, like, we do have the the populist wing of the GOP is anti-war now. And, you know, it it is a little scary because these people, they're not the Ron Paul people. Like, they aren't deeply principled. Like, I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene, for instance, I'm not just picking on her specifically, but, like, somebody like that. I don't think a, a person like that necessarily has deeply held convictions about anything. Sure. But I'll take it. Like I'll, I'll take it. Like beggars can't be choosers, man. It's at least it's not just us. It's not just the Ron Paul folks anymore. And I think that right. Mitch McConnell's dead wrong. Like if he thinks that it's just like back in the you know pre Ron Paul Revolution days, pre two thousand seven ish, where it really was like it was like two percent of the the GOP was anti war. That is not the case. That is no. simply not the case anymore. Well, especially among the electorate. I mean, the, 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 yeah, I mean yeah. it, it, it's one thing for like the House of Representatives and the, like the Senate's one thing, and I'm sure right. Mitch, that's what Mitch is mainly probably talking about is that the Senate is not anti-war, and they're not. Like, right. I, I think Cruz, Haggerty, uh, Blackburn, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, like that's those it. are the yeah, are the, are the ones they're <laughs> identifying as the. I mean, I think thank God Tennessee was the only delegation in the country that actually voted against Ukraine aid. We're, we're the only yeah. the only state that had both senators vote against it. Yep. but. I think that the electorate itself is now overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly going, all right, like that's – like even if they were okay with it at first, like giving a little bit or whatever at first, at this point where it's unaudited and we don't even know where the money's going, everybody's going, all right, well, c- come on. Like what, what are we doing? Like why is, why is our president in Kiev the, uh, on the money morning of, of President's Day? Like what are we doing? Like oh, what, what are we – 
where are we going with this? Like, I think people need to take it a little bit more serious now. I think we just kind of got used, at least the electorate got used to, you know, just sending billions of dollars, you know, every two or three weeks or whatever. And they're like, eh, you know, we're in debt anyway, whatever. When the president of the United States shows up to the capital of Ukraine during wartime on the morning of President's Day in 2023, we're in trouble, folks. Yeah. I'll go ahead and tell you. Like, we are – that's a step forward in going, all right, what are they really talking about? Like, are they talking about when we're going to go full-fledged, you know, militaristic intervention? And how much more money are we going to give to them? Where is this going? Like, I, for one, for a little bit at least, I sort of thought, I'm like, all right, they let, they let Zelensky come and speak to the House of Representatives on the House floor. Let him give that big, big impression of Winston Churchill coming to the United States Congress, you know, um, you know, 50, 50, 70 years, years ago, whatever. And I was kind of like, well, maybe we'll just kind of forget about it and everybody else in the world is not funding them. And maybe we'll, they'll just lose and there'll be you know, peace negotiations eventually. Uh, woke up on Twitter and saw that our president is in Kiev, and I'm like, uh, God, okay, all right, well, probably need to take this a little bit more seriously than I've been taking it the last couple months, because, I mean, there's there's probably no more anti-Republican, anti-war Republican voice or columnist besides me on at least, at least Twitter, and I'm going to have to be a lot more vocal again, because it's pretty insane that that is the reality. Like, on the day that we're supposed to be for celebrating, people have the day off for a federal holiday. Um, our president is overseas in, in a capital of a country that is that is in war. Oh, I, 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 I like to hear how war-torn Kiev is, but yeah, it's okay for the, pres, the president of Ukraine to travel back and forth all over the place asking for money, and our president is, is, is clear to go over there. That, that's interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. And I, I agree with what you said a few minutes ago, that, that Joe Biden does really seem to relish this this role as a wartime president, and he wants to use this war to help him get reelected and everything. Um, and it, this is, this is what you saw over the last couple weeks as well with shooting down all these balloons. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it's, this is, this regime is so reactionary and they're, they only think about comms. It's like, nobody actually cares about policy. It's just like, everything's comms, you know, like you said, when people were dying in, in Afghanistan and stuff, like the, the white house, everything they said was just like, no, we just, you know, the press needs to cover it better. It's not us. Right. It's, it's like it's a communication problem. It's like no man, you're just you're you're murdering children. Like it's it's the dead yes. children. It's not the communication. Right. It's not a comms issue. And it's like the regime admitted. Biden admitted. Uh, I think it was on Friday that they have <laughs> just been shooting down weather balloons. Shooting right. down weather balloons. Sidewinder missiles cost over four hundred fifty grand a pop. By the way, just throwing right. that out there. Right. And apparently, one of these balloons, the one they shot down over Lake Huron, was a twelve dollar hobby balloon. Right. Twelve dollars and they shot two sidewinders at it <laughs> What's up? Christ a million dollars worth of weapons shooting at a 12 dollar balloon it's like that is the biden administration man like at yep. least they didn't kill anyone this time i mean that you know they only started shooting the stuff down because journalists said that biden wasn't tough enough on china or whatever the last time journalists said biden wasn't tough enough he vaporized 10 innocent civilians including seven small children under the age of 12 so yep i mean <clears throat> Shoot, Kenny, I guess it's a step in the right direction. At least he didn't vaporize any kids this time. Yeah, or didn't try to poison their water. Um, right. You know, it's, it's it's pretty telling. I mean, East Palestine is going through probably one of the worst, you know, one of the worst tragedies in their little town's history. 
And our president is, like I said, waking up in the, on the morning of a federal holiday, traveling overseas and to ensure that democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity are protected by the United States and supporting Ukraine. But I, I didn't see a post about, you know, hey – Let's all unite and support people in our own country that are that you know that are going through inflation. That people can't afford to even live in their own homes hardly, or afford groceries. And then, like you said, East Palestine is can't literally can't drink water. But we're going to go overseas and visit a president that wants world wants World War Three, and that's where this is going to end up because we have a president who does not care about. The American people, he does not care about how many lives he's going to cost and people who are going to die overseas for a war that's going to end the same way if we were not to get involved at all. It's going to end either in peace negotiations or Russia winning, and that's not something that I want to happen. I'm not saying that I want Russia to win, and I think that's the worst argument in the history of arguments is because I don't want American military right. lives to right. be wasted overseas and I am pro-Russia. I don't know right. where that comes from. But apparently that is the progressive argument at this point. The same people who, you know, didn't want the, you know, I wanted to do Afghanistan intervention or Iraq intervention are now telling me because I don't want Ukrainian intervention that I want to support Putin and I want him to rule the world. Whatever. I don't really care what these people I think. I mean, if I, if I had a nickel, I, you know, I get the whole, oh, you're a, you're pro-Putin. What does that even mean? It's, it's the laziest. I mean, one, I'm not, I'm not some hack i'm not some gop hack like your your insults mean nothing to me like right. calling me like I, I don't care i'm not some republican congressman that's gonna like cower in the corner like a beaten puppy because you yep. said russia i don't care say whatever you want and also i'm an anarchist so right i mean russia is one of the most evil governments on the planet i don't even think any i don't think any government should exist let, let alone a, a literal communist you know corporatist communist government's one of the worst kinds of governments ever ever created so yeah i mean that that's such a lazy argument to begin with but man right. it, it's funny i hope republicans just stop worrying about being called names by the left. I mean, they're not very creative anyway. They're not... Rob. It's not... I mean, like, okay, yeah, call him a, a Russian shill. Okay, whatever. Who cares? Like, ignore these idiots. Like, that's such a lazy, stupid argument. It literally just shows a lack of intellectual discourse. Like, it, to call somebody a pro... Because I, I, I will go ahead and tell you, I, I know nothing about Vladimir Putin. Like, I know that he's a former KGB agent. I know that he is a dictator, basically, that, you know, influences elections, gets himself reelected, whatever. But I don't care about Russia. I could absolutely care less. I care about our own government, you know, poisoning its people. I care about its own, my own government sending lives overseas to be wasted away. I care about East Palestinian children and East Palestinian civilians that can't drink their own water. That's what I'm worried about. But, oh, yeah. you know, people on the left are worried about sending funds and weapons to Ukraine. I Like, there is no way. Like, like like you said, they'll pony up and support it. But there's no way Democrats are not rubbing their temples going, what are you doing, Joe? On President's Day, when this stuff is happening in East Palestine, like in their mind, they're not going to be outward open about it. Nobody's going to – no Democrats going to criticize them. But in their heads, they have got to be like, all right. Come on, man! Like, what are you doing? Like, they're we, just we, we, we they're just the going morning. all in. They're just going all yep. in for 2024 on Ukraine, man. That's what yep. the Democrats are doing. I mean, they're really time. they're they're gonna they're trying to play, you know, cosplay this wartime party thing. And they're I don't know. I mean, when eggs are seven bucks a dozen, you know, nobody can afford to fill up their car, and you know, there's poison. They there's poison flowing down the Ohio River. <laughs> it's like what else are they going to run on so they're just they 
they're going to keep trying to ride this Zelensky thing, prop him up as some hero. They're going to keep pumping money into Ukraine, trying to, you know, demonize Russia and all this. And, and that's just that's all they have left, man. And I just don't think I don't think they can keep this up for two more years. Like, there's oh, just no way. I mean, it's like the economy. I mean, the Democrats are going to make sure the economy doesn't get any better. And right. printing all this money for Ukraine, I mean, it's what we're what, like seven, eight years away from Medicare being insolvent. I mean, it's like, OK, man, if if you want to play the game, but I, I just don't see the American people putting up with this forever. One more thing, Kenny, before I let you go. Uh, sure. A topic that not very many people care about. I just want to you know, you know how I feel about government. I just this is one one of these niche areas that really pisses me off about the government. And I know you're a fellow hunter and fisherman as well. So I know you'll be on the same page with me about this. Sure. And I apologize to everybody back home if they just don't care about this topic. But this happens all over the country. And it drives me, it absolutely grinds my gears, Kenny. New Mexico has a feral cow problem right now. Like thousands of feral cows all over the place. Obviously, there's feral hogs all over the place. But occasionally, there's these (laughs) outbreaks of feral cows. Sure. And so the government is paying government agents to shoot them from helicopters. Right. I'm like, bro, ground beef is eight bucks a pound right now. Okay. <laughs> Just let us shoot the cows. That would be right. an awesome hunting trip, man. Like, who's down a road trip to New Mexico? I'm down. Just shoot some feral cows. It's like, dude, open up a season. People right. buy tags to go shoot cows. You kidding me? Talk about well, filling well, a freezer. Exactly. I mean, make them pests like just a lot, like in the same way that you can kill a hog year round in a lot of states. I mean, like like a hog is designated as a pest here in Tennessee. You can kill them at any point in the year. There's not a season for them. Just make them a pe- designate them as a temporary pest. Yeah. And let people kill them. Like, don't make them get tags. Don't make them turn it in. Don't make it, you know, make sure that they, that they turn in the, the, the deer tags or whatever. Or, you know, you have to turn in stuff to the TWRA here. I'm sure in the same way in Ohio. But, yep. you know, just make them pest for a temporary just six-month period, you know, eight-month period. You know, make, make it an open season. Let them go ahead and kill all the feral cows and let the civilians. Because I'm sure New Mexico has plenty of these people who would love to go out and just shoot something and kill something, especially when it's something that's actually harmful to the environment and actually harmful to the to the citizens in New Mexico. Hundred like, percent. But 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 the government wants to have a role. They want to make sure that their their people are not allowed to do what they want to do. You know, so it's always government that's on. Yeah, man. Like here in Ohio, there's some public hunting land, but the metro park system keeps like buying up tons of land and closing it off to hunters because government just hates hunters for some reason. Right. Like in every state. I mean, it's like even in Alaska, it's still like the government is just every year. They're just trying to figure out ways to mess with the hunters and anglers for some reason. They just hate us. So it's like they, they shut down all the parks and all the wildlife preserves, like typically in like February sometime. And they just send in government agents with like rifles and silencers to go shoot like hundreds, sometimes thousands of deer. I'm like, dude, why don't you just like, People can put in for a tag, and when you close the parks for a week, you can go hunt with a bow or something. Exactly. You, make it, you can make it like crossbow only. Like make it like because it is like near civilian area, you know, like you know residential areas. So it's like I get if you don't want guns, but like, man, why? Like, and why are you just bringing in agents to wipe out thousands of deer when I mean, like, dude, me and my buddies would pay the whatever three bucks to, you know put your name in the hat to draw one of these park tags or whatever. Like, exactly. I, I just don't get why they never, like they, the answer is never to give more opportunity to hunters. It's always to like, just kill the like, animals in mass 
and just like tell yep. us to go screw ourselves. It's like, man, come on. There's rednecks in every state. Redneck is not a regional term. I mean, there's there's good old boys, coast to coast, ready to go shoot stuff. Just yep. let us let us have some fun, man. I don't get it. Let, let, let us have some fun and actually solve a problem. That's, that's, it's, it is hurting the government for these feral cows to be out there. It is hurting the private citizens. So, yes. like I said, the government wants to be the solvency. They want the, you know they want New Mexico citizens to be like, oh, thank God for the government that saved our <laughs> lives for killing these feral cows, even though they could have literally sat on their back porches in these regional, you know, dust ghost towns. And I mean, I, I, you've seen them in New Mexico, like especially oh, like yeah. with the Indian tribes and things like that. They sit on their back porch and shoot a cow from probably 200 yards away but yet but they they can't they can't say do anything and they because they want to they want to be like SWAT helicopters coming down and shoot these dangerous cows that are going everywhere <laughs> because they, they want to be the heroes like they want to yeah. be the ones praised especially because it's a democratic state they want to make sure that they are state parties and they want to make sure that the state governments are praised for solving this problem for them because that's all they want. They want to be the solvency for every private issue in the history of the United States, no matter if it's in a small town, if it's in a small state, in a little issue like this that probably nobody, like you said, hardly anybody cares about. They want to even make that the government's responsibility, and it shouldn't be. 100%. You guys have a lot of wild hogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet, you bet you're around. I mean, it, it's better. In, it's better sort of in the spring and a little bit in the summer. More, more oftentimes, ironically, especially when all the other seasons are going around with deer, turkey, all that kind of stuff. But like my, my buddy killed killed a hog a few a few days ago. I mean, it's 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 year round here, especially since they're treated as pests. You don't have to turn them in or anything, and it's it's good meat. I mean, it's good sausage. Yeah. It's hog. I mean, it's to make breakfast things like that. Like we like here. I mean, it's one of it's one of the one of the more fun animals to actually hunt actually here. So we so we we really enjoy it. And I, and I wish that's what New Mexico would do was just be to make it a pest, if especially if they're feral, just make it a pest and allow people to shoot. That's exactly what we do with hogs here to decrease the amount of pop, the environmental harm that hogs do here in the state of Tennessee. So Man, I, I, might, I, I, I wish they'd be allowed. Down. I might have to come yeah. down to Tennessee and shoot some hogs with you, buddy. I've never oh, I've never hunted down. feral hogs so. Anytime, anytime. I mean, we, we, we hunt them all the time. It's, you know, it's just boars. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun time, dude. You go home at night, uh, you, you use night vision goggles. That's what they come, when they come out, it's fun. Oh, heck yeah, man. Kenny, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. We'll do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, follow you online, read your stuff, keep in touch, all that good stuff? I mean, as always, you can find me at KDCodyTN on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram over the, under the same tag. Find me on Facebook. Uh, go to my muckrack on uh, social media. You can find all, basically my entire article archive there. I've written over, I think it's around 70 articles the last two years now. So you can go back there and look at all my article archives. I usually post either a column per month or two columns per month on my Twitter and uh, on all my social media. So just check me out there and uh, keep up the good fight. Absolutely. Everybody follow Kenny. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.